Welcome to the Playmaker Podcast, a podcast for people who want to sell different. Playmakers wage war against traditional sales and win. Remember, success is just one play away. Welcome, everybody, to the Playmaker Podcast. Another day, another show. This one's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about leadership and why you need it, how you become one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but before we do that, I want to introduce my guest. Um, it's, this is an interesting one. I mean, I feel like we've communicated a lot. Um, and we did have a conversation, I think, a couple of years uh, ago, but I, we've brought on today uh, Dion Mischler, um, who is actually right now the CEO and founder of Inside Sales by Design. Now, I've, I've slaughtered her name before. I probably slaughtered it again, but welcome <laughs> to the show, and how the heck are you? Thank you so much for having me, and I'm very well. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, well, tell us a little bit about um, this, inside, this Inside Sales by Design and, and this kind of robust history of sales that you've been doing, you know, the last uh, 10 or so years here. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And I started Inside Sales by Design three years ago. And in addition to that, my background is sales and technology for the last 20 years or so and uh, built and scaled numerous Inside Sales teams and belong to some really, really fantastic organizations and sales teams. So awesome. my background in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. And Inside Sales by Design specifically, you guys are kind of specializing in certain areas or what's the flavor there? Yeah, so we specialize um, in working and helping organizations that want to either build their inside sales team or transform their current inside sales team. Awesome. So we'll work with folks that... Yeah. And, and, you know, for better or worse, right? Inside sales is the 30 year overnight sensation at this point. <laughs> and um, a lot of folks are doing it, whether it's tech. And I'm noticing a lot of other industries are now also starting to talk inside sales, right? And, Absolutely. And get out of the order taking mentality and into more of a how do we help and all that good stuff. So, Interesting. yeah, so we focus on really working with organizations on developing what I call their inside sales infrastructure. So developing that framework for the leadership at an organization, um, their blueprint basically of how to build their inside sales team. And then we, we work with them to carve out um, an initial playbook for themselves. And then we also work with the, the organization to do kind of an initial onboarding and training with their team. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like teaching everybody how to fish. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's kind of, we still call it like an emerging trend inside sales, but you're right. I don't know after 30 <laughs> years if it's a trend, but let's go with the, the thought for the minute again, because so many new, I think, um, industries start to pick it up. I was at a glove manufacturer. I've, I think I've said this before on the show, but I was at a glove manufacturer in Toronto and, um, glove manufacturing inside sales. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. so it's, it's spreading and it continues to spread. So there's always more goodness to be had. Um, okay. so I got, that's a little bit about kind of what you, what you do and what you've done. Yeah. Um, I always like to put people on the spot outside of work, um, passions, hobbies, embarrassing moments. Um, you played in a, a band, uh, you only drink bottled water. I don't know, something like that, something interesting <laughs> like that. Um, well, we live in Southern California, <laughs> and we, we actually have Disney annual passes, oh, and nice. I'm not necessarily a big fan of Disney, so I do not think it's the happiest place on earth. <laughs> um, 
But we did it for our kids. Their kids are eight and six. And it's funny because we'll say, hey, guys, what do you want to do on the weekend? And literally every time we ask them, it's anything other than Disney. So <laughs> like, I will happily take my time and my money somewhere else. So, Is that right? That's interesting because yes. my wife and I, we've just been debating. I've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. She really wanted to go to Disneyland in February, and we've got this big conference coming up um, in, in March, and I'm like, I just yeah. don't think I can go, you know. Um, but she really wants to go, and I'm like, I don't know, the kid's too young, they too... But it sounds like you guys have done it so much, you're just bored of it. It's not that Disneyland's not fun, it's just that you've overdone it. There's a lot to see and a lot to do, and I think, so like our kids are like, oh, we should go ice skating. Oh, I want to take ice skating lessons, or I'd rather go to the park and do the paddle boats. So I think for them, they're at that age where they want to do more interactive things. Interesting. So Disneyland puts to the side. Well, good news. I may have to talk about that after the show uh, to get a little more <laughs> advice about Disneyland. Is like, Whether I like it or not, I'm going to be going sometime. And this yeah, year, it, I assume. Yeah. So. It, it is fun. You know what I mean? It's, it's the magic and all that. So, yeah. So, you can't complain too much. Um, no. One more question for you before we talk leadership. Um, you know, obviously, you do a lot of consulting. You run into leaders. You've kind of talked to leaders. You, you've, you've talked to sales reps. If you run into somebody in the elevator and they said, oh, my goodness, you know, you guys run this company. It looks really cool. Any quick advice for an aspiring leader, for aspiring salesperson? Any 30 seconds, anything you'd kind of give them to take away? Yeah, normally when I talk with folks, a lot, there's a lot, but it's focus on the what, not the how. Interesting. Focus on the what. What, what do you think of the Simon Sinek focus on the why, not the what? I, I love that from a messaging perspective. <laughs> I think, though, and, and I think it's important when we are hiring people, we talk about our beliefs and all that good stuff. I think from a day-to-day perspective, though, um, we're hiring and working with adults, right? At the end of the day, we are all legally allowed to do just about darn near everything and anything within reason, right? (laughs) So I shouldn't have to tell somebody how to do something. Mm. If they have a question and are interested, absolutely. I'll be happy to sit down and provide some of that coaching. Um, But at the end of the day, if our goal is to get 15 meetings a month or close X amount of dollars in pipeline, right? These are kind of the stage gates. Here's, here's the what that goes into that recipe and that formula. Mm. If you as an adult, as a salesperson, as an experienced individual choose to follow that formula verbatim, you should end up at this point. However, if you are like me and I'm, I'm, I grew up outside of Chicago with an, an Italian grandmother. So our cooking recipes were a pinch of this and a dash of that. Then do that too. At the end of the day, we don't want to derail a team if somebody has a different how. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Focus on the what, not on the how. Um, you know, I just, um, one of the things that Kyle jumped out with, I just did an episode with a company called story brand, this guy by the name of JJ. And, um, we kind of, I mean, slightly different because we were going, he was going a little more into the messaging, but, um, I, I liked their their talk track around, you know, it kind of comes to almost like the elevator pitch, you know, the, being able to just very quickly know what you do and, and how people often mistake that in just the way in which we kind of interact, right? So you, you run into someone at a trade show and it's like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, well, my dad bought this business 100 years ago. It's like, uh-oh, buckle up. You know, this is going to be a long conversation. Uh, so I think there's actually, you're right, in multiple ways, Um it, it, there's a, a what in messaging. There's a what in kind of the, the way you actually do your business um, that, that probably is the right thing. The how can come um, depending on 
what kind of floats your boat. Um, well, I want to transition real quick to leadership. I mean, this is an interesting one. And you and I were talking pre-show. What, what is leadership and how do you get to it and what, what's kind of going on? And certainly you've interacted, you've been thinking about this. Big picture, though, I mean, what leadership in general, what, 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 I mean, it is one of those words that's like, yeah, I get it, but I don't know if I really get it. If I had to say put a definition out there, what is a leader to you or what does that mean? Can you start there and just kind of put a stake in the ground as to what, what, what is even, what are we talking about with, when we say leadership? Yeah, so leadership is is somebody who does what needs to be done regardless of title or deed or whether they want to do it or not. Mm. That's a leader. Title or deed. Can you, so, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And because sometimes we want to do, you know, what's obviously right for us, but sometimes we got to do things that are uncomfortable, but you bring this title and deed. Mm-hmm. Can you double click on that? What, what is, what does title and deed mean? Yeah, so I think we've all been there where we go, hey, th- you know, this person has a, a certain title, and titles carry expectation. Right. It's just the way it is. If you're a mom or a dad or an aunt, or an uncle, right? A title carries expectation. CEO, VP, project manager, um, SDR, BDR, take your pick. And so we go to folks with a title with certain expectations. Yeah. So, and sometimes I'm sure we've all been there. Sometimes those expectations are met and sometimes they're not, right? So that's where that whole getting promoted past your competency comes right. into place. Yeah. So in the absence of somebody with a title that isn't necessarily doing the things they need to be doing, or maybe they're doing other things, right? This, it's not always negative, um, but you may have somebody on your team that ends up being uh, the quote-unquote de facto leader that everybody goes to mm. for questions instead of going to the, the titled leader. Yes. Right? So um, I heard this gentleman speak, oh my gosh, 17 years ago. His name is Paul Glenn. Okay. And he wrote a book called Leading Geeks. Okay. <laughs> and it was fascinating. And so the illustration he gave in his talk was if you put a camera over a set of cubicles, right. And you've got like a dev team working, what you will find is, um, the leader of the group isn't the person that's in the title with the title. Like if you do like the family circle tracing of, of foot patterns and stuff, you'll find that the team in absence of leadership from the, the title person always goes to one person on the team. Hmm. Because they're kind of the de facto, right. almost the de facto leader or the person who just right. knows, knows how to get, get stuff done. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you've got this yeah. kind and of, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So I think the other thing too, that for those of us that are in a leadership role, there's also the important component of delegation where we have to manage those expectations. There is no way I am going to be good at everything. I shouldn't have that expectation, nor should I share that expectation. Yeah. Right. So as a leader of a team and the higher you get, right, the the more delegation there is, is that if I'm a director and I need messaging created, am I the one that should create that? Well, if that messaging resonates with me, sure. But if not, maybe there's somebody on my team who that messaging does resonate with. Great. You know what? That person properly coached, right, should lead the team in crafting that messaging. So it's, it's an interesting component. That's why I say it's not always a bad thing. It's a matter of if there are certain things that I can't or shouldn't be doing, but somebody on my team should, then just make that happen, right? Don't let 
don't let perfection impede progress. Yeah. Do you feel, I mean, delegation is such a word that, I mean, it's one that we know, but it's like really hard to do. I guess it's very similar to leadership. It's like, yeah, I know what, I know leaders, but it's like, ah. um, I want to just ask a quick question on delegation. I mean, I've struggled with this in my own leadership positions. It's like, I am a, I am an individual contributor, the whole Ram Charan leadership, you know, pipeline. I'm like, I struggle being like a manager of managers and managers of whatever. Um, but this, this idea of delegation, I mean, how does somebody, you know, like delegate, but don't not lose control. I mean, any thoughts on making sure that you, you still kind of stay in charge and and you know what's going on and you're managing expectations and you're still in the loop, but you know, you're not, you're giving enough autonomy, like finding that balance, right. Of delegation and control. Yeah. Focus on the what, not the how. Yeah. Just make sure. I mean, it it comes right back. Right. (laughs) That's a good one. And and it's hard because it is. And and so it's, hey, we are trying to do X or we have a project plan of X, right? Um, The best example I have is is our son is six and God bless him. He'll say no to everything we ask him, right? Like he's just, he is a strong-willed child and he could be starving, but he would rather play than sit down and eat. Right. And so, you know what? And my son's name is Gabe. And so he'll get up in the morning and I'll say, Gabe, honey, do you want to get dressed first or do you want to eat breakfast first? Because I don't really care. Both have to happen before we leave for school. Yeah. Right? And lately he's like, nope, I don't want to eat because I want to play. Okay. So are you saying you want to eat your bagel in the car? The what he has to do doesn't change. Do, do I care how it gets done? Nope. Hmm. And so in the business world, when we're delegating like that, it's a matter of, hey, we need to have a campaign rolled out. We need to have messaging for this. Yeah. Um, you seem to be have a really good handle on this messaging. Would you mind taking point on getting it created? Yeah. Yeah, and just sure. make sure that it gets done. But again, the how, they may do it a little different than the way you want it to be done. Um Interesting. Yeah. Again, this is where this is a great price to bring it in. You know, it's it's the what, it's not the how. Um, do you feel like um, going back to leadership, moving from delegation a little bit back to this concept of leadership? Um, it's again a word we understand. I love the way you kind of defined it. Um, are leaders born or born, or are they developed? Can somebody start to develop? And if so, you know what what what's the ways that people can start to become better leaders? And again, maybe it is just taking on some of these principles we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, I think it's both, right? So if you look at and think about your teams, right, and the people you interact with, folks that get promoted or ask for the promotion or however they ended up with that particular title, right? Or in that position, that position, there's a reason for it. And so again, we're kind of back to expectations. And so I think there are certain characteristics, right? For some folks that they're like, oh yeah, that person, I'll, I'll follow them anywhere. Um, I think at the end of the day though, it's, uh, there was an interesting little blurb on LinkedIn a couple months ago that talked about an organization. And one of my clients is doing this, that in essence, you start writing a user manual on you that you share with everybody. And so that says, Hey, we did a disc assessment or we did Myers-Briggs or whatever. And here's my, 
classification. Yeah. Right? Here's how I like to be communicated with. Here's how I don't like to be communicated with. Um, you know, here's how you, here's some key phrases you could use with me. Something along those lines. <laughs> I love it. Because the the user the manual of Gabe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually wrote one for my son's kindergarten teacher. So on our son. <laughs> so, so you've um, done this exercise. It was pretty powerful, huh? It is. And because, again, it's, it, it comes to expectations. And so for us, if when we're in a leadership position, you can say, listen, you know what? The financial acumen isn't my strong suit. So I'm going to need to work with finance on getting this done. However, I can absolutely do more process planning, tactical motivation work. Yeah. Right. And then for your rep. So it's, it's, it's also a level of self-awareness, vulnerability, and not coming from a place of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, but but part of the issue is sometimes, I mean, you know, we get in these roles and we expect people to, you know, I mean, we know us so well that obviously I think we we probably go a little far. We think they should probably work with us better, but not knowing, you know, from Adam, you know, who we are and, and what is our communication style, which obviously you know, trips people up quite, quite a bit. Um, do you feel like when it comes to leadership that there are certain qualities that are just, you know, more appreciated or more, um, you, you mentioned there's some things that just make, make people follow. Is there something that, that comes, stands to mind when you kind of hear that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for better or worse, there's the out of the Myers Briggs, right? There's the thinker, feeler, and doer. There's the fourth one. I don't remember, but yeah. you know, I think sometimes it's it's the doer, it's the decisiveness, right? The folks that aren't necessarily afraid to take action, the folks that communicate transparently, um, the folks that aren't necessarily afraid to put it out there, right? It's it's almost a confidence factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which can also backfire, right? So sometimes that person isn't always the best for the role. Yeah. So we, and that, then, then, you know, at a top level, there's that component, but then you need to start peeling back the onion and really, really dig into, you know what, that might be good from a driving perspective, but I really need a coach for my team. Yes. And so it's really about understanding what, if anything, you want this position to do. Again, we're back to the what, yeah. and then it's down into skill set. Does this person have the skill set to deliver what we need? Yeah. And can they motivate people to their own how? Well, yeah. Comes back. That is a, it's a great, I mean, that may be the kind of the fundamental takeaway for the episode, this what and how concept. It seems to kind of be, it finds its way, continually finds its way back in. I have two more questions and we can kind of slowly wrap up here, although I'd, yeah. I'd love to continue to debate with you and discuss a couple of things. But um, one, just because you've, you're in that position, I'm, uh, you're obviously a woman, you're, you're obviously a leader in an organization, you've been successful. And um, I mean, women in tech is a, is a interesting concept. I, you know, I'm in a tech company. Diversity, I think there's been a lot of studies just around diversity and the value it can bring to a, a leadership team. Um, but it's interesting sometimes the perception elements that come. We were just talking about confidence, right? And sometimes there is bias that, you know, a woman who's confident is looked a little bit different at than maybe a man who's confident. Um, um, you know, different traits and different people are perceived. And it's an interesting world in which we live in. But big picture question, being a woman in leadership, how do you, how do you, how did you manage to do it? And what, what advice would you kind of give to others of diversity who were trying to kind of find that same path that you found? Yeah. So 
hindsight always is twenty twenty, right? So <laughs> right. I think I think one and looking for a role, really look for the cultural fit first and foremost. Yeah. Right. Somebody that as a female, right? One of the roles I had as a director of inside sales, I worked for um, a small company here in Orange County. It was mid midsize, and it was private, run by three individuals who were male. And um, I did my market research and so on and so forth. And would, uh, as hard as it was for me, I would still, you know, ask for raises and talk about compensation and all that jazz. Yeah, so I've yeah. gotten better at that. Um, so un- unfortunately, the person I reported to, he had a stay-at-home wife. They got divorced. He remarried a another woman who was a professional, and he saw her life as a working professional. And his demeanor toward me changed drastically. Yeah. And so... I don't say that to vilify or demonize anybody. I think there's a certain component of empathy that, quite frankly, we can't expect from one another if we've never gone through it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I say when when we talk about, and I was talking with a, a family friend who's in college, and I said that was my advice to her was, you need to interview and find the right role with the right team with the right boss. yeah. And you need to be conscientiously looking for that and don't expect, again, each person's on their kind of own path. So you got to manage what you can manage. You know, it's funny. I, I had one of the, my best experience. I worked for this um, bank back, back East and they did, I was just coming out of college and um, I'm in New York and they did this diversity training and it was the most, it was just such an interesting, they had these professional actors from Broadway and they brought them on stage and, um, you know, they had a, they kind of acted out a boardroom scene and they had this male, you know, pound his fist on the desk and kind of, you know, bark some orders and, um, and they pointed to someone, you know, quickly and, you know, top of mind response, what do you, what do you, what is it? And he's like, confident, you know, that's what that guy is. And then, then they reacted and changed chairs and they had a woman kind of do the same thing. And she was barking orders and pounded the desk. And then they pointed to somebody and said, you know, what do you see? And, and it was, you know, <laughs> An, un, an unpleasant word, basically. Yeah. Um, and I remember yeah. just seeing it, you know, seeing, you know, I'm watching these professional actors do this. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow. Like, I basically fell into kind of the same. I would have answered probably the same way. So your concept of like, and, and that was a very small experience, but it was such an eye opening to like see it and be like, oh my goodness, I, I'm that person. Um, so there is something about experiencing it. And, yeah. and and we, again, we can't all experience everything. So I like your advice to kind of keep what you can in under your control. Last question before I let you go here, you mentioned a little bit, the Peter principle, you know, being promoted past the, your capability <laughs> level, um, both for leaders and maybe as individuals, any quick tips kind of on like, how do you make sure as an individual trying to be a leader that you don't, do you not, you don't find yourself in that position? Cause I mean, I'm a hungry person, you know, the CEO leaves or the SVP of sales leaves. I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take it. And, um, should we always take it or should we, is there ways to be more conscientious of who we are and who we're not? Or how do you make sure that doesn't happen to you? This promote above your level of capability. 
Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and it kind of goes back to this level of self-awareness. And so for myself, and then when I work with leaders, I, I have an annual plan exercise I take them through. And part of that annual planning exercise is um, what three words would you use to identify yourself and walk the walk and talk the talk, mm. first and foremost? What is your personal professional mission statement? And then really everything flows from there. So if you're going to take this new role why yeah um what would it bring and what can you bring to the role and how right um how would you go ahead and execute in this role and i'm a big fan too of personal advisory teams so my question to folks too is great who's on your personal advisory team yeah do you have a group of mentors that are going to tell you the truth in a kind way, yeah. right? But who, who are going to tell you the truth and, and, and really help, help you get to your best yes. Yeah. So because maybe taking that role isn't your best yes right now. Yeah. And I think being able to really talk about and, and look at all of this, the career path in a very pragmatic, objective way, um, in addition to how we feel about it, is very important. Yeah, yeah. I love the personal advisory board. I, I don't think we focus enough on mentorship. And you're right, you need somebody there just to kind of say, yep. hey, you suck. Or, you know, don't yes. do that. Or, no, you know what? That might not be the best idea for you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's a better um, way to say it. Yeah. But you're right, you you got to find kind of that personal advisory board. Um, I feel like I've had that at times, but you, as you change jobs, as you move around, those relationships come and go. And that's a great reminder. Well, um, Dion, wow, fantastic session. I mean, very um, fitting for me. Um, you know, at the moment, I uh, I like to play kind of a little bit of everything, but we've lost a couple leaders in the organization. And so I've been asked to, to step in and uh, I've got these people, you know, I'll you know, I got people reporting to me and managers and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it's not, it's not something that I strive to do. I prefer to be, um, actually probably more kind of what you're doing, you know, just, you've got kind of more of your own thing, kind of doing your thing. I've got this team and it's like, ah, sometimes a little bit annoying, but I say that with as much love as possible. So very fitting vice truthfully for me. I mean, a lot of these questions, you guys, this were not part of the talk track. I was just asking personal questions, trying to figure out, Hmm. Yeah, that is a good thing. I need to probably do that difference. Anyways, really appreciate it. Uh, closing remarks or anything yeah. you kind of want to leave with the audience. Oh, gosh. I hope everybody got something something good and a good takeaway out of this. Please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I also uh, started doing a video blog, which is uh, literally done in my house. So feel free to subscribe <laughs> to that. I'm going to be putting out um, a couple video blogs on um, uh, women and, and sales and, and that whole diversity component. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the things that we talked about today. I love it. I love it. Well, again, thanks so much for joining and, and for the audience. Remember, success. It's just one play away.